But that doesn't take away from the fact that there's a world that you have that's unique to you. Jesus is saying, just get into that world and start to tell people about my love, my gift of salvation. This could also be called your sphere of influence. God has given each and every one of us a sphere of influence. And he just wants us to reach that. Will he use you in Africa? Will he use you in Asia Minor? Yeah, probably, but it starts with your Jerusalem. Now, that's terminology that we find in Acts 1, verse 8, where Jesus says in Acts 1, verse 8, he says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, that word power means ability. You will receive ability that's beyond your own when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Again, you could read that as a new Christian and go, all right, so you want me to get on a plane and go to Jerusalem in the ancient um, nation of Israel? No. He wants you to start with a co-op or Sainsbury's, your road, your street. That's your Jerusalem. There is a further afield, Judea, Samaria, and there is the ends of the earth. That's why as a church, we're committed to be commissioned near, far, wherever we are. But for us individually, because this is lifestyle evangelism, where we're all involved, it's looking at what our Jerusalem is, that local world. And it's beginning to pray and thank the Lord for opportunities to share him in that world. You know, a part of a boot camp that we do, the Soul Winner Boot Camp, I get people to draw a big circle on a bit of paper. And I say, write in that circle the names of people that you're pretty sure if they were to die, they would go to a lost eternity. Now get serious about those people. Put them on the fridge, put them on a mirror, whichever one you frequent the most, and begin to every day call out their name. Thank you for their salvation, Lord. Begin to say, Lord, give me an opportunity to share you. Give me opportunity and ability to share you with them. Lord, surround them with other Christians, not the weird ones. Surround them with other Christians, Lord, as well. And that's you responding to your local mission field. But then the second part, it says preach. So we identify our local world and then we preach. Let's change that word to a communicate. We all communicate every day about things that we love without even thinking about it. Now, if I go out and we were to go out and have some food, I like food. Anybody else like food? Anyone a saint? Anyone like food? All right, well, good. We've got so much in common, haven't we, eh? Now, if I go out, it's not long into the conversation before you start hearing about Gina and my five children. And that's not because I feel obligated or forced. You know, after 10 minutes, I go, oh, God, I better tell them about Gina. (laughs) Yeah, all right, then. All right, let me tell you about Gina. But my love for her and my children give them a natural entrance into every conversation I have with anyone. Because I'm not representing a religion, a concept, a philosophy, or an ideology. I'm representing a person. A person who changed my life more than any other. See, when I treat him like a person that I'm not ashamed of, I no longer treat him like an ugly girlfriend. What do I mean by that? Sometimes in church we can be like, oh Jesus, we can be like singing love songs, can't we? Oh Jesus, my love, there's only you in my life. I love you, Lord. Then we get out in the streets and some of our friends come around and they go, were you singing Jesus songs? No, no, absolutely not. It's like we shove him in a bush. And when they've gone, we bring him out again. We've got to stop being embarrassed about Jesus. 
We've got to end the silence. We've got to realize all we do when we communicate about Jesus is talk about the most special relationship in our lives that has changed our lives. Amen? Amen. So we talk about him in a way that other people understand. God doesn't want you to go preaching in their face with an alter ego. Like, you know, all right, here's my friends. I better tell them about Jesus. Yay, yay, I would say. They're going to say, what's wrong with you? Be you. Tell them about who Jesus is and what he's done for you using the personality that God gave you. All right? And also do it in a way so that they understand what you're saying. I've got a funny story about this. I was in uh, Kingston, New York about two months ago. I was preaching in Kingston, New York. And I went down to Walmart. And uh, Walmart's a big supermarket like Asda there. And um, I went there, and this was a really rough part of town. Really, it was a rough part of town. The security guards just let anyone take anything. They didn't. Seriously, you could walk. They, they like, we're not paid to die. I mean, it was like, it was. It, and so I go up to the counter, and I've got some stuff uh, to bring home, my supplies to bring home. And I go to the counter, and there's a lady there called Pamela. And she'd had a hard life. I could see that she'd, she was weathered by a hard life. Um, she was around probably about 60 years old. And I leant over, and I often do this whenever I get a prompting or a nudge of the Holy Spirit. I'll always do this. Um, Learn to do this more. And I leant over, and I said, hey, Pamela, how are you doing? And she said, yeah, yeah, I'm good, thanks. And uh, she's trying to work out my accent. I'm like, yeah, it's English, Pamela. That's where I'm from. Because they normally say Australia. No, no, England, England. Okay, let's straighten that one out. And... Um, and I said, hey, Pamela, can I ask you a question? She said, yeah, sure. So I leant in and I said, Pamela, are you a God lover? And she looked at me horrified. I mean, I'm like, what did I just say? I mean, it's like, is this the epicenter of demonic activity for Kingston? I mean, what was, she looked horrified. And so I leant in even further and I said, let me ask you that again, Pamela. Are you a God lover? Again, mortified, really scary look on her face. And this intrigued me. So I said, Pamela, I just need to ask you a question. What are you hearing when I say what I'm saying? She said, twice you've leant over the counter and said, are you a good lover? (laughs) I said, no, Pamela. I said, no, Pamela. I'm married. I've got the pastor. I said, Josh, get over here. Tell Pamela. So when you do share Jesus, make sure you share it in a way that they understand what you're saying, all right? Now, when you share Jesus, all you're doing is telling a real story about what happened because you were there when it happened. You're not teaching ideology or concept. That's what false religions like Jehovah's Witnesses and cults do. They false ideologies and philosophies handed by them, handed to them. We're sharing real stories about what he did for us. And that's why when we're teaching evangelism, people, the most frequent question I think I get asked is, what if they ask me something I don't know? I say, you ready for this? This is genius. Say, I don't know. (laughs) Simple, just be authentic. I haven't got a clue. But this is what I do know. This is what happened when I met Jesus in my life. And you begin to share your testimony with him, as it's called. Remember, you shall receive ability from heaven, and you will bear witness for Christ. What's a witness? Somebody that was there when it happened. All right? You creep it. I thought she was trying to attack me then, Steve. I was, <coughs> I was like, yeah, she drags me off. You've had long enough. You've had long enough. We've got dinners to get to. Only joking, Helen. We love you much. All right? Now, this psalm, I used to love this psalm when I was a kid growing up in the Pentecostal church. And we always used to sing this song. Let the redeemed of the Lord say. A few of you remember it. That's all right. 
And I used to be the kid at the back going, so really irritated the pastor. But actually, I read that again recently, and I thought, what a beautiful verse. It says in NIV, the uh, nearly inspired version, the, uh, the New International Version, it says, um, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story of how their lives were taken from the hand of the enemy and brought into God's kingdom. That's our evangelism. It's not learning facts and figures. It's having an opportunity to share with others. Can I tell you about Jesus? Can I tell you about how Jesus has changed my life? I always teach people when they're building their testimony, make it like 10% of the state you were in before you met him. The other 10% make it how you met him. But then the 80%, tell people what's changed in your life from the moment you met Jesus. I was broken, but now I'm mended. I was scared, but now I'm not afraid. I, I, was, I was smashed to bits, but he made me whole. He took me from being confused and he gave me clarity. Tell the story of what happened when you met the man called Jesus from Nazareth in your life. So God wants us to give him our yes. That's all he wants us to do is give us a yes. He'll tee you up with opportunities in your world, not the world, your world. Now, the genius of this is if you're busy reaching your world and I'm busy reaching mine, together we're reaching the world. Apparently there's 7.7 billion people alive at any given moment on the earth according to Google and that's always true, right? But also there's 2.2 billion people that profess to be Christians. That doesn't add up. I'm not that good at math, but that doesn't add up, does it? If there was that amount of Christians in a population of 7.7 billion people, we'd all be in heaven now. The problem is we've got too many silent saints. People that love on God when they're in a building, but they stop belonging to him when they leave the four walls. We're called to be ambassadors, witnesses. You say, but I haven't got the ability. Oh, if time allowed, I will tell you about the purpose of the Holy Spirit. That not only does God send you, but he gives you the ability. That's his Holy Spirit. When his Holy Spirit comes to live in your life, suddenly you feel an unction, you feel a fire, you feel an ability. Because God wants you to co-mission with him. He's not asking you to do it. He's asking you to join him in the harvest field. Oh, think of those moments when Jesus said, look at the harvest field, it's ripe. Come on. He's saying that to us today. Look at the state of the world. People are freaking out. People, everything they put security in is gone. People are wondering. They've got question marks. That means the church can't stay quiet anymore. I love the words of Isaiah. You know, the book of Isaiah. We read about him overhearing a conversation in heaven. I love that. His feet were on the earth. He was on planet earth. But he was in a moment where he was seeing heaven. He was hearing heaven. And he overheard a conversation between the Godhead. And it basically just said this. Who will go for us? Whom can we send? And Isaiah, he'd been conscious because he'd suddenly seen the holiness of God. Of his own state and being. He's like, man, I got warts. I thought I was good until I came into his light. But God, with everything I am, warts and all, here I am, send me. That's what God wants. He wants our yes, not our excuse, not our fear. God knows what you can do and what you can't do better than you. He wants to put a fresh care in our hearts 
so that we can't walk past people like we once did. So we can't ignore our own friends and family, our own households. If they don't know Jesus, we need to get a fresh passion to introduce them to Christ. To me, when I teach the Soul Winner Boot Camp, I always say that some would say evangelism starts with prayer. I disagree. I think prayer follows short after. But evangelism starts with care. Do we care that people today are going to a lost eternity when they didn't have to? Do we care that people were hearing religious gospels that don't save them instead of the truth of the gift of God in Christ? Do we care that the people we say we love, if they were to die tonight, would go to a place of eternal separation? If we don't care, Holy Spirit, would you blow the fairy dust off of our belief system? Would you blow the fairy dust off? Would you put a fresh passion in us? God, they may mock me, they may laugh at me, but they'll never point the finger and say, you didn't tell me. You see, family church has a value. It has 12. But a key one is we're a commissioned people. We don't just go after souls in buildings. We equip the saints to be effective lifestyle evangelists in their everyday world. Is that good? If you've never read Soul Winner, which is the book that we wrote on Soul Winning, I know Steve and Kirsty can make that available to you and we can uh, arrange for that. But today, maybe you're here and you say, Andy, that's, that's good, mate, that's good. But I don't know him. I don't know him. How can I be an ambassador for someone I don't know? That's like me selling a product I don't believe in. Well, the question is, do you want to know him? He wants to know you. He never wanted a religion with you. He wanted a relationship with you. But he'll never violate your will. God's love means he will never violate your will but it's his heart that none would perish salvation is a choice salvation is a gift you don't have to take a gift I could stand before you today with a gift and you could say I reject that gift that's your choice that's your free will but don't say I didn't offer you the gift God is offering the gift of salvation Would you close your eyes with me just for a moment? I'm just going to lead everyone in a prayer if you could join in. That would be brilliant. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Jesus and the gift of salvation. I receive that gift knowing I could never earn it, work for it, or achieve it. With open hands, I thank you for gift of salvation. Thank you for a brand new beginning. For your Holy Spirit sealing my life. And filling my life. Jesus, today I acknowledge you as Lord and Saviour. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, 
Maybe you did and you walked away from God. Maybe you did, but you didn't really know what you were doing. And you say, I need to make an absolute commitment to this Jesus. I need to take this gift of salvation with both hands. I need to press start. I need to press go. I need to get this going. I've been wasting life. I don't want to waste life anymore. I want to start a relationship with Jesus right here, right now. If that's you and you're in this place, either because you've never known him or you're coming back to him today, you're affirming. No one's calling anyone a sinner today we're saying don't miss out on the life that God's got for you if you're here today and you prayed that prayer I'm going to count to three and all I'm going to ask you to do I'm not going to make you come forward I'm not here to embarrass you this is about you and God I'm going to ask you if you meant that prayer from your heart when I count to three just lift your hand nice and high and say I'm giving my life to Jesus or I'm coming back to Jesus today no more compromise I'm going full on for Christ today one hey you've got nothing to lose you've got everything to gain two Yeah, there could be other moments, but what's wrong with this one? Three, lift your hand if that's you right now. God bless you, I see a hand. Just people responding, God, I'm giving my life afresh to you. It's the second person today. Come on, why not? What you got to lose? If everything I've said is rubbish, you lose nothing. But if what I've said is truth, you gain everything. Is there anyone else? God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Is there anybody else? And you say, yeah, me too. I need to get right with God. If he comes this afternoon, I want to be ready for him. I want to be ready for him. I want to be ready to be a part of his kingdom. Life to come. The new heaven and the new earth. But also to know him in this life also. Father, I thank you for these two gentlemen that have responded in their hearts to you. Lord, you know where they're at. And you know what their heart says right now. I just pray incredible blessing upon them, Lord. In abundance. In Jesus' name. Amen.